this. We'll right. talk yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Save it for the show. Okay. Yeah. Right. We can actually start. Put on a headset if you want. Hi, welcome to Howie Mandel Does Stuff. I'm Howie Mandel. I'm Jacqueline Schultz. And 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 we have Phineas here. I'm so excited. Hi guys, thanks for having me. This is my daughter, by the way. Yes, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I feel you like too. I'm slowly meeting your whole family. There's oh, another you, one. You met another daughter. That's right. And you know what? I actually have three kids, and my son is a producer on here too. This is what I'm saying. Slowly but surely. How do you feel about working with family? <laughs> I'm super against it. I know. Yeah, I would never That's do it. I want to show you. You can work it. You can work it out. You can make it happen. I think it's great because I think that in in a, a working relationship. There's always disagreements. There's always discourse, and like the the person I'm the happiest to be in a fight with is my sister because I love her the most. But it's not only your sister. I think your whole family is involved in your business. It's true. We're we're all very, um, yeah, intertwined. But you know what I mean. Is fighting with your family is better than fighting with strangers? I think. Um, <laughs> I, we don't know. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with you. But the, I got to just, uh, besides being a fan of yours, uh, Thanks, we bumped in. Uh, the reason he's here is a week ago we were at the same restaurant. I heard. I heard all about this afterwards. Him, yeah. and, his, him and his girlfriend were yeah. um, picking up a sandwich. Yeah. And uh, my daughter, my other daughter, yeah. not that you're not, you're a huge fan. He just goes, you're not going to believe who just walked in. <laughs> and it was, uh, Phineas is here. And, um, and I said, where's Ferb? And how many times have you heard that? Growing up more than now. Now it's where's Billy. <laughs> but really? Yeah, for years it was where's Ferb. <laughs> Your full name, you go by Phineas professionally. My full name is Phineas Ferb O'Connell. It's crazy. Is it? Do you have a weird middle name? I know your sister does. Baird, which is my mom's last name. Right. Yeah. But isn't? But Billy has like pirate or something? I Eilish is her middle name. Billy is Billy Eilish O'Connell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so you and, and Baird O'Connor uh, and and O'Connell, mm -hmm. and it's a big family business, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's a good way to put it. No, but it is. Yeah. I mean, before uh, you're an actor, I knew I. I think the first time I saw you was as an actor. Okay. Um, my buddy Adam was the music guy on Glee. Right. Yeah. Yes, and you were a character on Glee. I was. So I, I was in the last four episodes of totality of the shows in the last four episodes of the last season of glee yeah did you think that was the big break <laughs> you know what it was uh, it had a predetermined end it was already you know that was i knew it, going into it it was only the, the last four but then uh, you can go on to do more you stuff. do the spinoff yeah. yeah um truth be told i have always wanted to be a musician and um i had an acting agent because i grew up in la and you know uh, liked acting too and so you could go on auditions. But music first. I always wanted to do music but I would just go on auditions because the, you know you have the time. So I know nothing about music. Okay. But you, I talked to you about being a fan of yours and uh -huh. here's I'm a fan I love the music Thank but you. I don't know anything about it. I don't really understand music. I just understand yeah. what I like and right. I, I judge music. Yeah. <laughs> and I As don't you know, should. I don't know why they but we all do yeah, yeah, right yeah. that's why but Here's what really, when I met you and I yeah. told you this, I think you're one of the funniest people I had ever seen. <laughs> no, and I got to so say, nice if, you, if you don't follow Phineas oh, TikTok. On, on TikTok, yeah. follow Phineas on TikTok. And here's what I thought it was so amazing. First of all, I love, he does this thing, if you're not on TikTok, <laughs> he does a lot of things called stitches. Yeah, that's and kind of the only, it's like my bread and butter on there. It's the only thing I know how to do is the stitches. Your bread so. and butter, are you making money on TikTok? 
No. <laughs> Unmonetized. The real money is your TikTok. Music isn't doing it for you. Yeah, that's right. But here's the thing. He, you have such a, an amazing kind of um, deadpan energy where you, com <laughs> where you comment on yeah. these bizarre images. Your yeah. TikToks are very similar, well, by the way. We have the very the similar, taste. but yeah. I, li I, I like the taste. You know, one of my favorite ones, I don't know if it's new or old, but if you're on TikTok, there's just a shot of you. You did like their green screen filter. Yeah. And it's you saying nothing, just kind of blinking yeah. with a, like a, a blank look on your face. Yeah. And behind you, the shot is a, um, a fungus, yeah. <laughs> a damp piece of yellow, fun I'm, I'm colorblind, I don't know, a, a, a damp piece of yellow fungus. Yeah. And there's just these fingers flicking the moisture off the fungus. And there's Phineas's head below that. <laughs> Not saying anything, just <laughs> blinking like, here it is. Yeah. And to me. You liked it. I watched it. I, I probably, <laughs> maybe there's something wrong with That's me. That's all your views. All your views came from one person. A hundred times <laughs> giggling, giggling and just going, this is fucking brilliant. This is, and, and this is, and I love that juxtaposition of oh, your somebody's, energy. What? Somebody's pulling it there up. There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Look at this. Look, watch this. Uh -huh. It's just this is great for podcast material. Well, yeah, you yeah. know what? Watch it. You can watch <laughs> this on YouTube. That. That sound. You can hear it. Oh my god! It's just it sounds very phallic. Like, it sounds like something else, and but it is saying. I think at the start he says, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah." yeah. yeah he does. <laughs> it's pretty gross. <laughs> it, it is, but the the thing that made me laugh the most is your non-expression. Your non. Thank you. But I also thought, and then when I was thinking when you were coming in here. I thought yeah. this is kind of even his music and how he creates music is kind of comedic. When you think of Thanks. But but it is yeah. because when you talk about a sense of humor, it is a sense and it is finding humor finding humor where there like is flicking a wet piece of fungus <laughs> funny right. to most people, but you found the humor in it and you duck. And by the same token, Thanks, I man. think this is the same intellect that finds music in in an Invisalign being removed. Right. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I think you're, you've made me laugh my whole life. I, I'm a Thank big you. fan of yours, so it's an honor to be here. Nice to meet you officially. Um, and I think you're hilarious. I think that, um, and I just saw somebody else saying this, and I don't remember who, so I apologize for not attributing it, but I think you, you can throw more weight with seriousness if you're funny also, you know what I mean? If you're, if there's an awareness of like, not everything is serious and I can make you laugh, especially Billy's first album, which is the one that starts with that clip of us, like her pulling out her Invisalign and sucking right. the, the spittle out of it. And like, <laughs> um, I thought that was a funny way to start it. Cause otherwise it's a very dark album. Like there's the, there's like a song about suicide and there's songs about your friends dying and your friends doing drugs and being comatose. And it's a pretty dark record. And I thought, if there's a couple moments of real levity, it'll be you, you'll be sort of disarmed by it, and then you can go deeper down the path of like this is really serious. I think when stuff presents itself as like like take this seriously, you almost as like a knee jerk reaction want to make a joke about it. You know what I mean? Well, you say that all the time all the with comedy. Like well, comedy. If you're looking at somebody who looks like they're trying to be funny, right. it looks like they're trying to be funny, and it's yeah. like somebody who comes up to you and says, "Do you want to hear a joke?" <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't. I don't want to hear a joke. Yeah. I'd rather laugh at what I think is real. Right. And maybe I'm being too deep about this, but no. you, 
in 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 watching some things, I, I did very little research. That's I fine. just wanted to talk to you because I I really am truly a fan, and Thanks, I'm more man. interested in. I don't want to do homework uh, about people that I like. Well, that's, yeah, then you do it on. We do it during the show. That's that's, why that's the point. Yeah, but the fact that you are finding, you know, I'm always questioning why is this funny or why this is might be funny to me and not to anybody else when you think about traditionally doing music you think about um the ability to play an instrument like you piano guitar singing or whatever to to find that you are identifying musicality in things that could be uh like you talked about the Invisalign and you talked about I I know that you've sampled like other sounds that are like uh, to me I would I would hear that sound and not see or hear Uh or identify the musicality in that Uh and I also think that's it's kind of funny yeah and you don't always share that until you talk about it after when I hear it on the radio I don't know that's the right I'd prefer there's sort of two and I've done both plenty so I don't want to knock either one, but you know, there's like, I'll use sound effects as kind of like punchline sound effects. Like I was just listening to something I'd done a couple years ago the other day, this Camila Cabello song where she has a line about like taking a drink and I sampled myself like pouring two shots and then clinking the shot glasses and put that right under the line. And that stuff is really satisfying to me. Like I like that, but I'm, I'm almost more interested in using a sound and disguising it and not having it, you know, be sort of recognizable at all. And, and then, you know, whether I talk about it or not, it's like, that's what that actually is. But I'd rather you just think it's a cool sound than be like, oh, he's doing the thing with the thing. You know what I mean? Like the, but the do you subtlety. find that, maybe I'm just here reading yeah. it wrong, but do you find like it's kind of a sense of humor to like hide? It's like a hidden... Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that way. We, the, the, I, I, that's absolutely how it feels. It's like, it's like, can we get away? It's like getting away with stuff. Like it's an do inside you, Have you ever joke. done that though, where you're sitting in a room and you're like... We're just going to, I mean, I can't think of anything better, but we're going to fart and hide it in a right. song and no one's going to know. And it's just going to be this between is my us. Child. It's my little joke. Sam- no, I, it doesn't have to be a fart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that is like a great example of like just stuff that Billy and I look at each other and smirk. Yeah. Because, because oh, our one, you know, especially your first record that we recorded in our parents' house, like, oh, like one of our parents was like sneezing in the background of that vocal take. We just thought it was funny and left. You know what I mean? Things like that where you like, it's not going to impact. It's not going to make the song a hit, but it's not going to make the song fail. Like, like, why not? Let's leave it. And in. there's some but, joy in. Yeah, in- and it's more. It's more human. It's more organic. I think that, like, I've I've never recorded um, analog. Like, I'm in the, in the digital generation. I've never been in a studio with a tape, you know, playing. And one of the sort of shortcomings of digital recording, there's a lot of benefits, but one of the shortcomings is stuff can feel very sterile. Can feel very like no substance not human it's just in the box there's no noise for there's no warmth there's no crackle and from a parent sneeze you can get mucus you can get (laughs) snot so much but 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 yes and and noise of the world kind of supplements that you know you you uh if i'm somewhere i do this all the time i'll be in a, a city on tour and i'll just put my phone with the microphone on on a table at a restaurant and record like people talking and the waitress coming over and taking your order and then i'll put it really low in the mix but it's it cool it's cool it really creates this kind of like environment for everything else to live in that otherwise is just like 
complete empty space. And do you think that's like subliminal advertising? Where right. no, I but, suppose so. No, yeah. but I'm saying like mm-hmm. you sometimes you'll listen to music or watch a comedian and you don't know why I love it and yeah. why I relate to it. Yeah. But there's something that is warm and really identifiable about it that or, or there's the, not that much thought. Yeah. Or, yes to what? <laughs> yes to both. I assume that's I assume it's like a subliminal thing. I mean, I'm not selling anything sub, I haven't yet. Maybe right. ne- maybe I'll start doing like a Regenix oh, sponsorship. I know what you should do. What? You should just go sneak around behind him and while he has his phone out, he doesn't even know you're there. You just Proto. How we Mandel does stuff. Yeah, how we Mandel does stuff or the or the on. the hologram oh, machine. Oh yeah. Thing yeah. We could sell shit. Yeah. But I also another thing is that I thought about you and your music and also your sister. Yeah. I I feel that you're which is kind of freeing when I watch it. You don't seem beholden to anyone. You know, to uh yeah. Even the audience. <laughs> right. No, but but th- yeah. there's something refreshing about that, right? Yeah, I mean, we, I would say, that's a that's a great observation and we're very I'm, lucky. I'm really smart, aren't I? It's true, man. <laughs> we're very lucky to be in that position. We have a team around us of people that we have, we have, we discuss a lot. We, I mean, just the other day she was on the group chat scheming up a whole new thing and, you know, she, she makes it an open dialogue. So, you know, people write back and be like, oh, I like that idea a lot. Maybe, she maybe being Billy, my sister. Oh. Um, but yes, we're we're yeah. She really is the captain, which is really cool. And how is that for you? For me, it's awesome. Like you're with, the older brother, and your little sister is the captain. I mean, listen, she's you're the first mate. I think she's yeah. I'm I'm Starbuck at best. I would say that um, she, uh, you know, I think she's a genius personally. But I think beyond that, I feel very comfortable dissenting. I feel very comfortable being like I I don't I don't agree with that. But the benefit of her being in charge and of it not being like a duo or anything is that she is the person on the cover it's her career at the end of the day and if we have a disagreement and she goes no no no, like i really i know it should be this i'm like hey listen it's your it's your album you know what i mean it's it's a good place to be and i i don't envy the great bands i'm not sensing uh uh and i think that's the biggest problem in this business in in the world i'm not sensing an ego do you not have an like I know that before we ever knew Billy, I yeah. know for a fact, number one, I, I saw you on TV. <laughs> number two, I know that you had a band when you were 15 years old. That's right. Right. Yeah. right? So, so so somebody that goes into this, I yeah. mean, you were pining for yeah. recognition, sure, sure. success. So is there not Yeah. I I would say that like I don't want to pretend that I don't have an ego, but I feel very recognized and fulfilled and you know, I love working hard and playing shows and being a part of Billy's career and I love putting stuff out on my own, but I feel I don't I don't feel whatever that like forever empty thing that other people seem to feel like I don't what? constantly need more. I envy you then. I am the complete opposite. <laughs> I am the person that's like my sister goes to school and I need to go to school longer or like my sister <laughs> or my brother knows something. So I need to know something more. I'll, so I'll say I will say this, though, about that. His um, parents are better than yours. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll say this. I think if Billy's career were independent of mine from mm-hmm. the beginning, I would be envious of it. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I'd be like, wow, I wish I were a part of that. But I am a part of it. So I feel, you know, proud of her success and then when she goes off and does a you know, she she's got um wide-ranging interests in and out of the sort of field. She directs her own music videos. She has a amazing like clothing partnership with Nike and amazing fragrances. Like those are areas I don't touch at all mm-hmm. of hers and um, You don't care how you smell? 
<laughs> I care. I smell a lot, but I, I'm not helping her make the freight. Like she knows exactly what she wants it to be. And I'm, I'm impressed by all that stuff. So I don't have a, yeah, I don't seem to have like a, a, a debilitating ego. I definitely have an ego. I don't feel like anyone, I don't think anyone is in the entertainment industry that is successful by but you accident. Guys, but you, you guys, know what I mean? But you guys seem different. You'd really do. And I, I, I was fascinated even as a parent sure. to watch siblings so connected and so supportive of each yeah. other. And even, you know, I, I, I think I... Where did I see you? Radio City Music Hall. I, saw, oh, I went to fun. see Billy at Radio City. Oh, we had so much fun at that. Remember okay. she like climbed up the side booths and stuff? But in between the opening act and, and you guys, yeah. you know, I saw your dad come out. How and, crazy is that? And sweep the stage because yeah. I guess there was something he was worried about, her slipping <laughs> on something or she had a, a, a sore Our, leg. On that tour, the stage was a screen. The floor was right. a screen. Right, and So, And it was made out of a crappy material. Now we have a, a floor screen that is made out of a material that you don't trip Grip. and fall. Yeah, it's grippy. And it's that one a, was not. A Nike sole. That one was really slick. And so our dad would sort of like make sure to wipe it down so that because I think the, the most slippery it would get was if there was like dust, right? If there was really stuff that, you know what I mean? That kind of, do you know what I mean? So like I've never was, walked on a screen. If it was, <laughs> if it was uh, as clean as possible, that was the most grip your shoes would have on it. If it was kind of dusty and particly, then it would be And harder. then your mom was, um, I think, right on the stage videotaping. <laughs> Am I right? Am I correct? I think, I'm I pretty sure at Radio I, City we had a, we had a uh, documentarian on But stage. somebody said that's the, that's their mom. <laughs> I'm sure she was around filming, but I think there was Jenna. We called her Jetpack Jenna because she wore the, that huge camera rig that like goes over your head. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, to support yeah, the camera. No, the, no the but you saw cam. someone with like a. No, iPhone? I'm sure our mom was in the room filming, but the person on stage was Jenna, the wonderful camera operator who was. No, not them. this one during the show. This was like before <laughs> and after, and your dad was there. And I thought. This is so effing great. Yeah. The whole family yeah. is involved. The whole family has, and yeah. there's no sense of ego. You know, that, what I right. want, and I haven't been able to do, is raise children <laughs> who are really uh, supportive of each other. You haven't? <laughs> no, no. Aren't no. They all, and they're all aren't here. Three of your children in the same yeah, but there's a foot radius. There's they really support. are right now. They're all, all here. Yeah. This is Jackie. My son Alex is is uh, producing. He's back there, and uh, Riley is I sitting feel like back. That's there. a lot of support. I'm going to discredit that. I think there's. I think you guys are no, but you won't be here family. after for why didn't you do this and how did you do that? We're a family too. We dis we bicker. Bickering is again. This is part of what makes it fun to work with your family. Is the is bickering and maligning each other it's we fun. don't argue alex and i have only been in one fight ever in our whole entire life one physical fight yeah over the song let, <laughs> let it, it be, be. Let yeah it he be. wouldn't let me sing let it be at what like a <laughs> family <laughs> talent show yeah, yeah, yeah at home so he beat the shit out of her for not singing <laughs> let it be yes let it be anyway but, but back to you yeah uh, you are so accomplished at a crazy young age i know <laughs> you have nuts. It is nuts. It's Do you think crazy. it's nuts? Yeah. You have an Academy Award. Oh, isn't that nuts? It's crazy. Where is it? It's in the. It's in my shelf. On my shelf at home. You know what's funny about the Academy Awards? You, what? You win it, and they. The okay. Let me give just the the, the stupidest tangent that you know. Is Tangents sort of are all us. Un, unapplicable, but interesting to me. When you win a Grammy, they hand it to you on stage, and you hold it. Well, You've you, won six. Right? Eight. I've won eight. I'm Canadian. There's an exchange rate. That's right. So six Canadian Grammys. No, eight, eight American. Eight. eight. Um, <laughs> so you win a Grammy and they hand it to you and you make your tear-filled acceptance speech and they immediately take it back from you. And they're like, thank you. And then you go take your photos and they hand them to you again and they Great. immediately take it. Nope. And they take it back. And then it's months 
before you get them. Like they engrave, they they have <laughs> clearly like ten kind of prop Grammys at the actual award show that they hand. But months to get engraved because there's a place on Ventura Boulevard in the San Fernando <laughs> where you can buy a trophy and get it engraved yeah. in fifteen minutes. That explains why my Grammy says "World's Best Dad." Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, anyway, so they take months to to get to you, which is fine. Who cares? The Oscars, they hand it to you, and it's yours, and then you go to the after party, and they. You hand it to them and they engrave it at the after party. So you, the, the Oscar that you get handed on stage is yours, and that's and there's somebody at a table doing engraving. Yeah, yeah. it's like a bat mitzvah. It's exactly like a bat mitzvah. That's that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this is just like a bat mitzvah. But the um, the the funny thing is, then you're at this after party. You spend the entire night holding your Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and there's you know 20 other people holding there's the guy the one best documentary short holding his oscar and uh it's pretty nerve-wracking because you it's really heavy and you don't want to bump it into anything at a certain point you don't feel like you a kind of you hold it like this and again it's like and the yeah, the fun part is like everybody that you know gets to like pass it around and hold it which yeah, is really fun they want to touch it but it is i i found it pretty nerve-wracking because i'm like Never in the rest of your life do you ever pick up an award of yours ever again, really. I mean, unless are you do you kind of like walk around with like your Emmys? Yes, all I the don't time. have Emmys all the time. You don't have an Emmy. I'm just kidding. Do you walk yeah. around with your little kids' choice award, yeah. uh, orange blimp? I got you know what I got, and I got you to go home with. I, I, I want I got COVID at the kids' choice. <laughs> that is what he got. That I got, and I got to walk around with that for like two weeks. <laughs> and uh, everybody said, Can I have your COVID? Nobody said, Can I share the COVID? Can I hold it? Okay. No, nobody um, touched it. Anyway, so the, the night of the Oscars, you you carry it around all night and worry about bumping it into stuff and scratching it, and, and you worry about losing it. I believe. Last year, Frances McDormand <laughs> lost her Oscar. How do you lo lose it? What, like, you where probably put you? it down and pick up a drink, and then you look back and somebody's taken it. Did you uh, buy a shelf for your Oscar, or did you have a shelf? My house came with a shelf. Yeah. Do you? What are your dreams for uh -huh. the future? Like, where do you? I'm also fascinated with somebody who has maintained so much success mm. so early in life, right? And kind of understands what that success is. Yeah. What? What is weird? Like I, in my twenties, when I was your age, I, I was I wanna, I hope I get, mm. I wanna, I just can I just well, but but correct me if I'm wrong. You were you were a successful comedian pretty early, yeah. At your age, how yeah. old are you? Twenty four. Twenty four. No, twenty three was the yeah, first yeah. time I ever. No, I, I, I was the first time I ever got on stage. What was the time frame between first time getting on stage and and like? selling out a show or something about three years that's pretty fast it was yeah it was but i did have a to give it a, some context yeah in my day and age the the litmus test was getting on the tonight show uh -huh. on the johnny carson show if you got on the johnny carson show then you made it right so here you are at the age that i just got on stage and you've yeah. won eight grammys right an Academy Award. Yes, you can do whatever you want. Your your bread and butter really comes from TikTok. That's right. <laughs> what do you what, what do you want to do? What do you, what what do you want to do? Well, you know, probably probably just like you. Whenever you were feeling like, wow, I've I've done the thing I want to do. Like I, to me, I've found it very liberating in a sense that like I really enjoy the sort of craft of it. Like I enjoy the the work the working on it. I enjoy writing the songs and recording them and putting out the record. And I think that I didn't have that big expectations to begin with, but let's say I did, you know, like having a, an album that does really well, winning a Grammy, whatever, those things are amazing. And I feel like, great, like 
bucket list items achieved, like now I can kind of go back to just working on the craft and and doing it from a kind of a pure like love of the game. It's that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if you wanted to go backwards because I know even with you, you've reached a level of success that most people people would deem as a level of success. But you love being able to do this podcast because yeah. you get the freedom yeah. to do whatever you want. Like you went from having yeah. complete and total freedom when mm. creating in your house in your it's room. True. Now there's companies and sure. management and record labels sure. and sponsorships that yeah. have to have a little bit of say. Do you miss? Um, the complete freedom. They're really interesting. And I think, you know, if I budget my time correctly, I mm -hmm. still have enough time to do, you know, and, and Billy and I make records in a very free way. We, mm -hmm. you know, really just make the stuff we want to make at the speed we want to make it. But you have will, no delivery schedule. Um, we, I've, I'm a big believer in deadlines, but it's like they're self-imposed. But when like, you do the, when you did the, the song that won the Academy Award, uh -huh. that's a movie's coming out. When, how far? That one was, so that's, okay, that's a great example of like, just to sort of that's a that was a lifelong dream of ours was we've always thought that the the bond music pairings were so cool right. i mean especially these the ones that were coming out while we were growing up like our contemporary films which were the daniel craig films that the songs were like adele and um sam smith jack white alicia keys chris cornell i think that's the the, the pantheon of the daniel craig series um that was a thing that we after billy's first album had come out we sort of said to our team Hey, if you guys hear, if you get wind that there's another Bond movie being made, let us like go beg for that. Like, like we'd love to try to impress them enough that we get the job. And so our team set about uh, talking to the people at MGM and talking to Barbara Broccoli, the wonderful producer. And so it was this kind of long process of meeting them, convincing them that we um, were passionate about it and that it was important to us. I think that was like the the most important thing to us was that they knew that we had kind of a reverence for the process. We're like, we really want to do this. It's not just like, yeah, sure, you know. Right. And and that was very much an audition. They right. they really the, the film when before, you are when you yeah. are auditioning, when you're yeah. having that meeting, how far into the film is the film even in production? The film was in production. When we were meeting Barbara, she was flying she flew to Ireland from nearby where they were filming the movie at the time. Uh, we were playing a show. So she flew out to see our show and meet with us. And we just happened to have like a great show that day. We were, it was one of those funny things where you get off stage, like, like, like when you're trying to impress somebody and you have an amazing stand up set. And you're like, I'm so glad that's the one they came to. Um, right. So we felt really good about it. We met with her. She told us a little bit about the film. She gave us the first 20 pages of the script to read and was like, We'd love to hear what you come up with. It was very like non committal, you know, totally non committal, which I respect. Why would they commit to to using us if we're going to write a terrible song? Like they don't know. So, and there's a release date, right? There, so, yeah. So there's probably. a delivery date for you. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely there was definitely sort of a submit by date for sure of like this is when they would like. To, so how long between they say write a song to delivery of a date? Of well, a song? I remember when we read the script. I remember Tony Seiler at Billy's label, who was one of our sort of um, liaisons. I remember him saying like. Probably in about a week. No, no. <laughs> From the time we were sitting down, like, are you? Kidding you guys me? have anything? And I remember because we were on tour, we were in Texas, uh, playing the festival Austin Sea Limits, which is a two weekend festival. I know what that is. Yeah, super fun. And so it was that week we had first weekend, and then we were on tour in Texas, bookended by those two weekends. And I remember, I think we rented 
such an interesting, weird story. I think we rented a studio from the the Hanson brothers, from the Ben Hanson. <laughs> Bop. In, uh, She-Bop. No, is it mm, mm, Bop. Bop. From, I think that it was in Tulsa. She-Bop. I think it was in Tulsa. <laughs> And uh, and we we went in there for a day, and we were so we you look want- like a Hanson brother. That's right. And I was homes- <laughs> I was homeschooled like a Hanson, just wow. not for religious reasons, which is different than the Hansons. But is that the why uh, really yeah, I was yeah. homeschooled. No, I no um, anyway, so we were in this Hanson studio for one day. They were super friend. I think they unlocked the studio for us. They were very kind. Um, and Billy and I were Billy and I really wanted to write something great. And we had that performance anxiety thing where we were just like, we can't make anything today. And so, wh- so you have a week. Just yeah. to, I want to go slow because I yeah. find this fascinating. Sure. Because it's like Netflix says, we want to give you a special, yeah. but they'll give you four or five months to <laughs> put together. An- so you have a week. Do you know the title? We did. We knew the title. And I knew, I, I had a lot of goals in mind. I was like, I really want the song to be the same title. That's not always the case of the Bond themes. Sometimes. And you different. know what the story is? She we told knew you? the first 20 pages. So we we knew. You don't even know how it ends. No, we didn't know. <laughs> Spoiler: The movie's been out for a while. We didn't know he was going to die. He, so well, the, he the title die. was "Time to no Die." Ti- yeah, no time, time, to, time die. to die. <laughs> so you didn't um, read the whole title. That's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we had this one day in the Hanson studio where we made nothing, and then the next three days were show days. I believe we're down in the basement of the arena where Billy's playing, and I started playing the piano part, which became the song. And it was one of those sort of like, I think this is the right track. And then as songs sometimes do when you're lucky, it just sort of spilled out over the course of, I think, a day. So the, the music comes out first. The, yeah, in that song's case, we knew that the melodies had to feel like very um, in the Bond milieu. We really was, we were like, this, is, this has that's to be. Fr- you know. For our audience, that's French for it's got to feel like that Bond theme. <laughs> We That's, don't have a franchise. That is what milieu means. It has to feel like Bond. This is the second time I've expl- <laughs> this is the second time I've had to explain that word that to our word? audience, which who, is deja who vu. Said who said it the first time? Do you uh, know? The guy who came up with deja vu. <laughs> the guy who invented it. The, the guy who came up with deja vu said it every time. The deja vu roller coaster at Six Flags. That guy. The um, anyway. So so we <laughs> wrote. Uh, I'm going to keep that one in the TikTok drafts. That one didn't. Land the the deja vu <laughs> roller coaster. Um, I want to go on that again. Funny. See? Funny. Yeah. See? We're working. I feel like that I'm in the basement joke. of an arena <laughs> coming up with something that's going to be good at the end of this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you come up with the milieu, yeah. like the, the feel, yep. the music. Yeah. Okay. Then we wrote the lyrics together and we, we worked on the melodies together. And then we recorded the demo, which the demo really ended up being basically the entire final vocal and the piano part. So a lot of the demo ended up in the final version, but we recorded enough to sub- submit. And then we submitted. At the end of the week. At the end of the week, I felt really good about hitting the deadline. And then we basically didn't hear anything for a month and a half. Holy shit. Which was pretty like... So you I'm, thought that was a no. I would have thought that. I would have thought that was no. I, we were really proud of the song. And so I think we had a feeling of like, you know that confidence. If we if we'd felt insecure about the song, we would have been really worried. No, but it's like an actor who goes in for an audition. And they and kill they're just it. Going, yeah, but they're just going another way, right? Yeah, just, it's you not whatever. But but it, but the the reason that's a good comparison is if like I've been in auditions and kind of sucked, and if I walk out, I think, well, I'm not going to get that. But if I did great, I think like, well, they might go another way. But I'm proud of what I. 
did. You know right. what I mean? I'm, and you, and I, yeah. you felt like that about I don't the song. have regrets. So six weeks. I'm, I'm fascinated like by this timeline because yeah. you got a week. Yep. The movie's in production. That's right. How far after production was the release date? And I would imagine the final mix and yeah. adding the music and everything is yeah. months before that even yeah. comes out because mm -hmm. they got to do all the trailers That's and right. all that. That's right. So, so it's six weeks. Yeah. And then... And then we get like, I get kind of cold called by Hans Zimmer. Um, oh, wow. The cold called is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I got this kind of, hey, Hans Zimmer has jumped on board to score the movie and he might give you a call. And I was like, oh, wow. So we might, we're, we're still in the discussion. Hans I, Zimmer? I oh, this, Hans himself didn't call. No, I get kind of told he's going to call you. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I think he's a legend and oh my that God. Was super exciting. I would imagine the same feeling when Howie Mandel says, do you want to be on my podcast? When, Howie, when I turn around in the Mendoc <laughs> Mendocino Farms in Marina Del Rey and it's Howie, no, I'm just I'm trying like, to put this, this in perspective. Yeah. Um, same deal. Yeah. And uh, anyway, and so I I get kind of told like Hans is going to call. And then I get a text from him. He goes, hey, Phineas, this is Hans. Give me a call. And so I call him and he doesn't pick up. And then a, 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 a what are they called? Like restricted, like a phone number calls you like from the press. You know, no, like I, I have no caller. I don't put my name on blocked it. Blocked or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it says like restricted ID. Hans so and Howie. That's how that. you, that's how you hit. Hans, you call him, he doesn't pick up, and then a restricted number calls you. It's a little a little <laughs> stupid, but that's fine. He's amazing. Um, and he he's on the phone and he's like, Hello, this is Hans Zimmer. And you're like, Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and he's yes, like, who? And he goes, So you have not seen the movie, no? And I was like, No, the movie's done. And he was like, The movie's they're editing the movie now. You got to come to London to see the movie. You and Billy need to come here. And we're like, okay <laughs> and he's like that's he's like that's how we're gonna do it we're gonna finish the movie we're gonna finish the song here in london with an orchestra but you have to see the movie first and we were like cool so we and 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 i'm kind of calling like our managers and our label and i'm like did we get it and they're like no they're we like just we, won two tickets to a screening <laughs> they're like you didn't like we don't like nothing is promised at all like but they're moving forward but it's not you know what i mean do they take good care of you when they're doing that do they do oh, they yeah. pay it was for awesome it? yeah i think they flew us private out. uh no but but Jet i blue. mean yeah JetBlue. we flew out spirit actually no we okay. flew yeah you know then we flew nice seats to london um but it was like the week before christmas which is added to the kind of magic of the whole thing we fly out there we see the movie the movie's great but we were so jet lagged and it was at the movie's like seven and a half hours long which is great right. I mean, was it scored are you seeing it without music temp temp score so like literally music from movies like inception and dark Knight, like other hans zimmer movies to kind of temp it and our song's not in it obviously they're not like they're not sort of saying like you got it but we're negotiating they're negotiating and they're and they're really cool hans was super cool the other people we worked with in hans camp were super cool and then we devised... is Hans taller than you thought oh um Hans is funnier than I thought. Right. Hans is very funny. Um, I don't know that he's taller, but he's he's delightful um, and a work <laughs> and a workaholic. Also, we I remember leaving the studio at like nine or ten p.m. and coming back in the next day at eleven, and I think he'd been there all night. Like he's oh he's really a, a hard worker. Um, we recorded this orchestra, which was such a cool peak life experience. And then we go home, and we kind of start parsing through like finalizing the production and editing stuff down and still like don't don't know if we've got it so let me ask you this yeah. so now your your song yeah. is being played by an orchestra is it yeah. a known orchestra is it like the london philharmonic i don't or? think it's a philharmonic but it's all 
incredible musicians that Hans works with routinely because Hans scores so many movies. So it's these people that are kind of, I'm sure they, they work outside of him as well, but he walks around the room and knows all 70 people. Now I know it's Hans Zimmer, but it's yeah. also your music. Right. So he's charted your music, right? And yeah, a couple different orchestrations have been made that we've sort of been involved in, but but I don't, uh, I'm not good at writing sheet music. So somebody else has written it all out. But does it take a different path than you had envisioned? I think we kind of worked on it together until it was right. But then the interesting thing was we did, I think we did two or three different orchestrations that were all played down by the orchestra. And then somehow I rested all the files away from everybody and went back home and cut it all up and took out the stuff I thought was unnecessary and left in only the stuff I thought was great. So I cut out probably like 50% of the orchestra and sent it in, like sort of submitted it to Hans and thought like, he's going to be so mad like this. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt that kind of, is so fucking brave. Hans Zimmer, you're editing his work. Him and, and the other amazing composers. So, yeah. So I'm kind of going like, oh, man, this is that's like saying Mozart. Nah. <laughs> cut. I'm going to cut, <laughs> Mozart, gonna yeah. cut some of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> this isn't necessary. <laughs> so I cut it. But this is how, you know, Hans Zimmer's amazing is is we send it in. And I'm, I'm just like and and I I'm anticipating him being like you're you're smoking gas like what's going on and he wrote back and was like sounds great and we were like wow and it to me that was there were so many things i felt like i learned from hans and the thing i i want to carry into if i get to have a really long career is like i want to be however old he is like 50, 60 50 um i want to have made a million amazing things and be as egoless as that guy is be as like what do you guys think it should be as that guy is because how tempting must it be to be at that place in your career and be like shut up like i know what i'm doing like i've done this a million times we'd never done anything like that before so it was very inspiring in that way but that's what you know that's what i noticed about you that's kind of the full circle of this yeah. conversation i think ego fucks more people up than anything oh, yeah. and overthinking and the uniqueness of each and every one of us yeah. and what we can bring to the party is you know comedically human right. just from humanity right. is something that we have to always be open to and yeah. you'll find that the people that do the best are the people that are open and the people closed-minded people yeah. don't do it's true well in anything i i feel that like as i work with like artists that are even younger than i am just starting out in their career there's a lot of talented people like like that seems to actually be the thing that there isn't a shortage of. Like there's a lot of really talented people. And the thing I'm paying the most attention to is like people that don't get in their own way. Like that's the number one thing I look at. People that are nice to work with, that don't get like a crappy reputation, that are um, enthusiastic about it, that are that are driven and hardworking. My theory in life is that everyone is exactly where they need to be. And they and they are the they are the reason they are there. So if they look at somebody else and go, he or she is so successful and I'm not, there's a reason you're not. And it's not because they all look to outside people. They go, they didn't give me the chance. They yeah. they didn't. You know what? They they they. It's always you. Right. So, you might not have had rich parents. <laughs> right. I think there's. I think there's. There's holes, other. There's yeah. There's other. In that, in that, but uh, not not real. But, but if that's what if you're calling success the ability to buy something, I'm talking about somebody who is pursuing yeah, a yeah, skill. Yeah. The fact that you had the nerve yeah. to cut Hans Zimmer's work. Reckless. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Could I think most people in your position, yeah. even if you thought and right. you did 
think that this was a waste of a couple of bars or this is <laughs> yeah. a, this didn't work or this didn't work. Yeah. I think the power of somebody sitting there going, this is fucking Hans Zimmer. He wants yeah. this. I'm just going to be a good boy and I'm going <laughs> to do it. No, but that's how the average person yeah. would have thought. I think you're yeah. a superstar because that's not how you think. Thanks, man. You know, but but uh, no, thank you for being you. And I think that you are as successful as you are Thanks. and will continue to be successful for recognizing that, you know, we're all human. Right. And everybody has something to offer. And on a smaller level, I, I kind of see it, as, you know, when I, I, I'm on uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. And I'm never, um, I'm fascinated by how many people each year can show up doing something or come up with things. They're, I always they're thought, like brilliant at it. They're better at the thing that they're they're better at juggling with a cup on their head balanced than you, you could ever get at that. Right. You know what I mean? They're so gifted at this stuff. Right, it's but amazing. they're gifted because they didn't get in their own head and sure. say somebody already does this or um this is not the way to make a living or my parents wouldn't be proud of me. Yeah. You know, they just did it. And I find that you and your sister and your entire family do that. Are your parents still pursuing their careers? Um how do I how do I answer this as Honestly. accurate as accurately as possible? Your mom's an actress? Dude, so you did a movie parents, with your mom? Yeah, my, my mom is an actress. She wrote a film that I was in as well. We made it on not not a low budget movie, like a no budget movie. Like a a movie that, you know, it was 99% favors. The title is Life Inside Out. Life Inside Out. Go um, check it out. Yeah. And but really again, like we made it for I think it would be called a micro budget movie. Okay. Um people love to throw like low budget around. It's like five million dollars. Like I think we made it for like twenty grand. <laughs> like it was oh wow. You know, no money. Um and uh that was really exciting. She wrote that. I think you know my parents our parents inspire us a lot our you know our mom has always been a super giving um wonderful charitable person with not a lot of extra money to throw around at things and not even a lot of extra time to throw around at things just because she's having to support her kids and the thing i like to talk about is like i paid off our parents mortgage in 2019 i think and almost immediately she started a nonprofit. like the second wow. she wasn't having to worry about providing for her kids she was like great <laughs> and started a what nonprofit. Is, what is the nonprofit? she formed a, a, a um a nonprofit called support and feed which she started like the second covid started um and the premise was we're all our family's all uh vegan vegetarian and the premise was, in the first week of its uh, inception, it was, wow, all these restaurants are going to close because they can't be open serving anyone. So they're all going to go out of business. And there's all these hospital workers um, working, you know, insane shifts, not even getting to go home to their family because they're, you know, they may be exposed to COVID. This was like back in the heyday. Right. And so she was like, what if we started this organization where you would donate money to restaurants, the restaurants would make food deliver all the food to hospital workers and so you're kind of like two birds one stone saving a restaurant allowing them to i love stay that. open and then also providing for these people and as covid has shifted time and time again support and feed has sort of shifted um it's um and as restaurants sort of began to reopen it became a much broader uh working on on broader food insecurity and also you know the other thing about food insecurity is a lot of the sort of um I don't want to name any names because they're all 
great in their own right, but a lot of the corners that get cut to feed people for for cheap means really unhealthy food. And so that became part so of it. So this is healthy. Yeah, it's it's plant-based, it's nutritious, it's not, you know, fast food. And I think that that's the other thing that's important is you, you know, you take an underserved, underprivileged community of people getting food for free that is unhealthy. And then you're, the food that you're able to consume because you don't have the money to uh, you know, buy food for yourself is bad for you. And you have all of the fallout of that. You have, you know, your, your health fails you. So that's wonderful that it's she would awesome. do that. So yeah. we'll put that on our, yeah, uh, please put, do. put it up and, th and that's, she's still doing that, right? She is. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, um, so that says yeah. something about your parents because you She's guys made amazing. it and you, yeah. and, and what is your dad doing? Our dad uh, is, is uh, he helps a lot with, with that. I mean, we've all, we've all done a lot of uh, delivery driving for, for meals and, and uh, I'm on the board of my mom's um, nonprofit, which is awesome. And, um, but our dad also is, is still on our, our touring crew and uh, that's a great works yeah. so hard and loves it. And, I love that about him. I mean, really is like, you know, it should be noted that like never have we been like, dad, you must go bust your ass on on stage all day um, for, you know, I'm sure he's paid just exactly what everybody else on our crew has paid. I don't think he's, you know, he's not uh, receiving five times the salary or whatever. He's just a he's just a crew member, but he loves it. And I think he loves the I'm sure he's proud of me and Billy says he is but i think he also loves the camaraderie of the 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 guys on the crew the men and women we have a very co-ed crew and uh i think he loves the the day in day out of it so you know, oh, go ahead i watched a documentary mm -hmm. and what really stuck out to me was the alternative focus that yep. your family has on that they had on raising you and right. raising kids and right. what the focus should be. And it wasn't so much about like, you got to go to school, you got to yeah, go to yeah. college, you got to do, and then get a nine to five yeah, job, yeah. which that is the focus for a lot of people. Sure. And it kind of facilitated who you guys are. What would you say? Are you planning on having kids? Do you want to have kids? I desperately want to have kids. Yeah. This is to, to your earlier point of all this nonsense I've accomplished. Like I'd have a kid today. You've you've met Claudia. I met Claudia at Marina in the at the Mendocino Farms in R Marina del Rey. Right. She has dreams left. So so she. You think that having children <laughs> dashes all your dreams? No, that it's not that it dashes all your dreams. I think she just understandably is like, she's like, when I have kids, I want to be a very, I want to allow myself all the time in the world to be a parent. You know, and she's like, and I have tons of stuff I want to do for. I I don't think she wants to do. She doesn't want to have kids at this age and feel like she's being an absentee mother or feel like she's not, you know, accomplishing her, her goals, which I completely. So get. do you have that same views that your parents had? Like, uh, would your kids be homeschooled? And I think it would depend on the kids. I would say that like the, the best thing that our parents did was like, we were not, um, you know, uh, uh, poor by the standards of, of the, the world. But we were lower middle class for sure, right. and in LA especially lower middle class. You could have gone to public school. We would only we would only have been able to go to public school for sure. Could never have afforded private school. But what I would say is that our parents always made it look <laughs> fairly appealing to be kind of broke but doing things you like to do, and that to me was like my childhood best friend David, who's also a wonderful music producer now. Like we played in bands together, and we both talked about that that our parents that we were like. The idea wasn't 
you know, to, to do this and get rich or quit if we don't get rich. The idea was to do this and maybe we make some money and maybe we don't, but it's what we want to do. We want to make art. Like that's what we want to do. And maybe we'll have to work a crappy job part-time to facilitate that. But that's, you know, that's what we're going for. So I think that to me was like the value that was instilled in me by my folks. Well, even the that fact so that you great. paid off the mortgage in that yeah. house, you didn't want to buy them a bigger house in a different <laughs> neighborhood. They didn't. I tried. They didn't. They didn't want to move. They didn't want to move. No. But that says something. I think that's yeah. wonderful. The value in the art and the value in yeah. your heart is so much more than the value Thanks. of the dollar. And I didn't say let's get you out of this crappy house. Like their house, you know, they love their house, and they've also done what what all uh, all people who've lived in a house for twenty years have done, where they've made it exactly how they want you know they've they've done a million they've painted it themselves and so all the sort of romance of home ownership so i think they're very attached to it but i definitely was like can i would you like me to get you something somewhere else and they said no yeah and and they um you said you want to have a kid why yeah. were you homeschooled as opposed to <laughs> public school um i think a couple reasons and if they were here they would tell me one of these answers is wrong so uh i think they were they were at the time um, making a living acting, which is unless you're a movie star, a very part time job. You go on an audition, and maybe that's like all you do that day. And then oh, I got I got that one part, so I'm working for three days, and it pays enough for you to go on auditions for another couple of weeks, whatever. So they had time to be around. I was kind of a weirdo as a child. I was I had I had pretty severe separation anxiety, and I had pretty intense like sensory like could only wear a certain type of sock i was pretty like right it was pretty intense kind of avant-garde and um another french word <clears throat> yeah i um uh, neurodivergent sure yeah <laughs> and uh that's english yeah. and um and so i think they were like you know let's we're around we're around this kid let's try it out you, Do you know? feel you missed on kind of a social you feel any that you missed on, you know, a kind of a, I'm using the wrong word, it's okay. but it, it would be, I'm going to use the word, though I don't think it is, but a social norm sure. to be able to yeah. um, relate. I definitely was not privy to a social norm, but I don't feel that I missed out on anything. Do you know what I mean? Like I no. definitely wasn't in public or pseudo private public school, um, sort of in the day in day out of like, you know, my friend's. Because I still had Where'd friends. Where'd you meet friends? Extracurricular stuff, which to be honest is like even kids in school, that's like mostly how they're friends with each other. It's like they're in the school play or whatever. And there's like in places like LA, there's you can be in an extracurricular like free soccer club or uh, a choir program, which wasn't free, but we were on scholarship. And so it was friends through our interests, which was great. Do, um, you, think, oh, do you think that you would have been like a lot of our education system? Yeah. <laughs> puts you in a box sure. like you're stuck in a box yeah. right there's expectations so yeah. maybe you wouldn't have done or been who you were if you were forced to go to school and learn how to be in this there's one way to do it yeah maybe yeah and and at the very least i probably would have felt you know not even felt i would have been judged for things that i never was judged for otherwise right like right. let's probably say I, healthier i would imagine public, I so. my, my son wanted to be uh, homeschooled but uh, wasn't accepted. <laughs> Daddy has to go do America's Got Talent. No, no, I was there the day. I was there the day the letter came. And 
sad. He was just reading it, and he. Uh, Dad, how could you do this, Dad? Yeah, he knew my handwriting, and that is so, so tough funny. for a parent to do <laughs> to, but, to decline their kids. But I think homes. more than your music, more than your art, <laughs> the humanity of who you are and how you. That's what people say about me. I have a nice humanity. Do they? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm aware of that. And I'm aware of, you know, even the way you do your comedy. And that's the first thing that brought me. I'm a huge fan of your comedy. And I'm I'm so, I'm so tickled. I, all, my idea of a fun day is sitting around with my friends and making each other laugh. And I think you're hilarious. The fact that you were like, I think you're so funny. I was like, Fuck yeah, I was so excited. I was thrilled. Well, I was excited to meet you. My daughter, who is a a, a huge fan of everything you do, I saw you at Coachella, and and I said, did you see how funny? I don't know that she follows you on TikTok. And I said, he's really funny. He's really got, and just commenting on everything and the silliness and the craziness of what people are posting is uh, just blew me away. Do your fans get your humor? Because there's such like Sometimes, fine line. Yeah. Fine line. There's a lot of like, uh, get this man's phone away from him. There's a lot of that (laughs) comment. I get that a lot too. Um, Yeah, I mean, but again, like probably like stuff that makes me laugh is like the most selfish I am. Like, like, I'll laugh privately at something for hours. Like, it's really not. But that's what a sense of humor is. It's it's being able to sense humor where somebody doesn't see it. If something's really serious, somebody's really trying hard, something is really obtuse in that, to be able to look at that and not say, well, that's just bad, or that's just silly, or that's just bad content. The fact that you can... Yeah. identify that yeah. I think is also your sensibility your sensibility for being able to find the sound right. find Thanks, the, the, the the noise that becomes brilliant music I think the uh, the thing you were talking earlier about like somebody coming in and trying to convince you that they're funny or like t- you know do you want to hear a joke I feel like that stuff you know maybe maybe that's how some great comedian got great was being that way but like to me I don't think so humors humor is like the most and I think this is why something like TikTok appeals to me so much is it's humor so individualized. And I think it's why incredible comedians like yourself, it's the most profound thing. Like I'm not a comedian, but I'm an audience member of, you know, you I love comedian. seeing, I love seeing, I love going to see stand up. The best feeling is, is a comedian pointing out something that you can tell that all 1500 people in the audience thought only they were noticing and thinking was funny, right? That's like the greatest and you're so good at that. And I but you know like, that that that's luck in the yeah, sense right, that right. in the sense that you know we all often talk uh, amongst people. Yeah. We'll talk about you know go to an amateur night, and there's nothing more painful <laughs> than somebody standing there and just dying, yeah, sure. and just and you go why like what is he or she even th- like why who the fuck told this person that they're <laughs> funny? And you realize they had one person. That kind of identify, you know, Uncle Nathan at the Thanksgiving table yeah. said, you're so funny, you should go do comedy. Or they had a bunch. Maybe they were funny to their five unfunny friends. Like, dude, all the competitive and, you know, art is at least partially subjective. But imagine being in a completely quantifiable field. Imagine being a sprinter. Imagine being, like, fastest person in all your friends as a kid. Fastest dude in your high school. Fastest dude in your college. Fastest dude everywhere until suddenly you're the least you come in last at the olympics like that must be such an interesting and i feel like a lot of that you know you're a songwriter and your five friends go your songs are beautiful and then you 
play for five other people and they go these are beautiful and suddenly you get a room full of songwriters and everyone's like your songs suck what a great analogy (laughs) it is but you know what's kind of interesting for me it was the other way around everything I've ever been punished for expelled for hit for I had no (laughs) friends as a kid I went to public school all of a sudden on a dare I went up on stage and it was celebrated and you know I talk about making it being that one night that one night when I found acceptance when I found uh, one uh, one like mind, yeah. and it was a room of 200 yeah. like minds who also. So that's why I celebrate, like, even when I watch you on TikTok <laughs> and, and and just watch the finger flicking the, the fungus. And it's the deep guttural, it's not just funny. Yeah. It's just. It, it just makes me feel good. It yeah. releases an endorphin. It just yeah. makes me, that's the music to my ear. That's right. what I dance to. Sure. And you hit that. And Thanks, then I man. realized when I was kind of in my own mind analyzing what you do musically, yeah. that's kind of what you do because you're not doing things kind of like they've been done before. Thanks, man. Do you, do, but you are you unique in the, I don't know a lot about the music industry, but do you find that you're doing things differently than other people do it? Yeah, by accident. I mean, I think- Because you're you. Sure, and I think it's like it's like anything where if I were always trying to be unique, I'd probably double You can't fail. try to be unique. You have to, you it's just by, are unique. by accident, yeah. So, so yeah, by accident. But it is funny when I, because I, you know, you, you become friends with people in your field. And that's been like one of the other interesting things about the me and Billy thing is like we, we did it all um, independently on your own. Pretty, yeah, pretty separate from other people in the industry. So I know them all through kind of like other collaborations or just sort of socially, like you end up at a party and they're there. And it is funny, like the amount of times I've had conversations with people I admire and respect, whatever. And, you know, there's some minutiae of like everybody being like, oh, I know that computer program crashes a lot, right? You know, they, sort of like funny stuff that's all in common. But in terms of workflow, I'm, I'm I'm continually shocked by like, oh, wow, I really do this very differently than all these people do. See, and the fact is nobody tries to be unique yeah. and different. I think we all in society try to be like something totally, else. you want to relate. And yeah. the fact that you don't yeah. is what I think makes you stand out. And I hope you keep being unique. Thanks, man. And I hope you keep doing w- what you do. I'm telling you that you have a fan forever in me Thanks, in, in so everything you. that you do. I'm so blown away by um, even more than you, your family and the yeah, things that you told. Yeah, me too. I love my family. But That's you know what? Best. I love your family too, and I aspire. And, and uh, you know, I joked a little bit about having my kids, but family is so important. Well, to me. listen, man, you're doing a great job. You got all your kids around you and close. Yeah, that's the that's the whole. That's it. And that's Just the biggest thing. And, and that's the most important thing to me. And I don't yeah. care about uh, notoriety, and I don't uh-huh. really care about money. Uh-huh. You know, I like to pay the rent, but this is what I care about, and I see that. Thanks, man. When I go to your shows, when I do any, when I, it's just, it's wonderful. And your relationship Thanks, with man. your sister and the way you talk about your parents is just, uh, it makes my heart gush. Wow. Mm. Thanks, man. It does. And you're real funny. And if you ever want to collaborate and do something oh, together. I'd love to. uh, good. I sing a song. No. You should make sounds <laughs> for the background of one yes, of the songs. I don't have a Visalign. But there Bobby, is a, the Bobby's voice we'll call in the, the background. How, the Howie interlude. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can you use that anywhere? That's crazy. I don't you... see him taking out his phone and recording no. that now. It's Gizmo. <laughs> it's Bobby. The, yeah, I'll sample the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a sound at night when I take off my underpants. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Anyway, you have been great. What, do you want to plug anything? No, I got nothing to plug. I was happy You've got everything to plug. Happy to come. Eight Grammys, 
one Academy that's my Award. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> Check me out. I got eight Grammys. That's my. But you know, and deservedly so. I, I imagine that this is just the beginning of a huge, huge. It's already a huge career. I sure hope so. But you are one day. Um, I'll be too old, but maybe one of my kids will be doing a podcast or whatever they call it yeah. in the future, and they'll tell the exact same story, but instead of Hans Zimmer. It'll be. But I'll be German in the future. I'll be like, hello. It's, yeah, I will have had a, a and I got on the Germany. phone with Phineas. Yeah. And he went, and hello. He does this whole German thing now. now yeah. 60s, he went all German. Once he did enough music, he just got German. And I cut out half of Phineas's work, and yeah. he accepted it. Yeah. And that's what I love about Phineas. I thought it was brilliant. You're like, why was he talking like this? So he's from, he's from East L.A. Is this the best podcast you've done today? Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. But uh, today, is this yeah, the best one? Wow. It's awesome. Thank you. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. And uh, subscribe and uh, review. Thanks and, for having me. Uh, uh, no, thanks for coming in. Boom. What did I, what did I, were you on the smart <laughs> Ago or something, 